The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. What's up, Tea Tribe? Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. It's me, your host, Alyssa Amoroso. I don't know who else it would be. I am here with my producer, Mackenzie, as always. Hi. Hi. Um, I had a quite the weekend, and I feel like I keep saying that lately, but I feel like I took the first month of the summer to like not do much for some reason. I was, think I was still like getting used to the whole world being back open right and now the second half of the summer i'm like let's go let's go (laughs) um so if you guys are tuning in today if this is your first time listening um there will be an interview with liz gonzalez and casey smith from my office i actually loved 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 our chat i could have kept speaking to them for hours um i think us three and then Kelly Keegs are the four girls on the content side that are 30 and up. So it's just interesting to talk to them. I felt like it was such like a direct, cool conversation with just like women my age and a little older. And um, I think you guys are really actually going to love the conversation. But before we get into that, as always, I am going to update you on what I've been up to. I did the Ask Alyssa segment with them, so you'll get their advice as well as my own. And then we're going to spill the tea because I need to talk about Outer Banks. Um, I did a poll if you guys wanted me to recap it or not. And I think like 30% of the people said yes. And then the rest were like, it's too soon, bitch. We need time to watch the season. Did you watch it, Mackenzie? I watched like three episodes. And then I was wa- I literally was watching it last night. And then I got too spooked because my roommates weren't home. And I get like very <laughs> scared easily. So I had to turn on Love Island immediately after before I went to bed just to like not be like uh-huh. sketched out before. Also, went- like episode three was out of control yeah 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 wild <laughs> um so we'll go through some of it I won't I think what I'm going to do is talk about Outer Banks at the very 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 end of the spill the tea segment so like the last thing we talk about today so if you want to stick around and listen you could listen actually I don't want to spoil it for you okay I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys why it's a Hibley but but I won't I won't say too much and then maybe in like a week from now we can dive into it a little bit deeper I also do want to talk about Love Island oh I need to start F-Boy Island oh me too I didn't realize it started last night and then I saw the tweets about it Oh my God, we'll talk about it in the Spill the Tea segment. Let me put it on my list. But anyway, so this weekend, I feel like I had a very long weekend because I, um, sorry, I'm writing down F-Boy Island. I feel like I had a long weekend because I went to the shore on Thursday. We had a like work thing going on. So I was like, okay, let me go down on Thursday um, because my, my coworkers had been at the Jersey Shore all summer and obviously I live there I'm from there and like I hadn't been able to meet up with them and it was just a good opportunity to go for work so I went Thursday um it was so funny because I was on the train down to the shore and all of a sudden like the conductor came up to me and he was like hey we're gonna like switch carts like you have to walk up to get off at your stop so as I'm like walking we were like in the middle part of the train I'm walking one way and these girls are walking another way and then all of a sudden they go 
publicity. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! Like hi, yeah. and they were like, we're on our way down the shore for the party tonight. Oh my god, that's amazing! I was like, no way, same. They were yeah. like, we saw it on your story, so we came down. Oh my so gosh. it was just so funny. So I met some tea tribers on the train. Saw them later on that night. The only thing that sucked was like I think there would have normally been a much bigger turnout, but it was actually torrentially like downpouring on Thursday. Yeah, I Mm. got when I got there. Me, my friend came with me from high school, and we got stuck. Like we must have walked in during the worst time of the rainstorm. First of all, I was drenched. Mm -hmm. Like my pants because they were kind of long, and the streets had like four inches of water in them. Oh yeah, so it was like flooding up your pants. They were wet up to my knees. Oh my gosh. When I say I was wet, I can't even explain it to you. Oh wow. After I did my hair and makeup, my makeup's dripping, I had to put my hair into a bun. Yeah. It was out of control. So yeah, so it was really fun. It was nice to catch up with my friend um, who was a boy. So it was like kind of funny because I'm like, everyone thinks I'm walking into this thing with the date. Oh really? That's <laughs> you know so what funny. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, who is this? <laughs> and he was laughing also because like I introduced him and like everyone in the tea tribe was calling him by his name. He's like, damn, they pay attention. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, it was really really funny. So I did that Thursday night. Um, then Friday, obviously, I just stayed down the shore. Um, and Saturday, we went on the boat, and then I went back to the city Saturday night. Um, my sister and her like husband had to go back to the city and I'm like, why not just hop in the car with them? Yeah. So then I wound up going out Saturday night in the city with people from high school, like who I haven't seen since like, cause like guy friends, like my girlfriends from high school, I see all the time, but my guy friends, like it was so fun to see them. People just kept shot after shot after shot. Like I was just, it was a doozy. Yeah. It was a doozy. (laughs) That's so fun. Um, I had fun. Your girl got her flirt on. I'm not going to say much. Um, well then I was supposed to hang out with Alabama man. Oh yeah. He flew in. Okay. So here's the sitch. He came in, um, Wednesday, I think for work Mm -hmm. and we were supposed to hang out Thursday. Yeah. But then I went down the shore Thursday for work. Uh, So I texted him and I'm like, I'm really sorry, mm -hmm. but like, I, I need to do this thing for work. Is there any chance I could see you Sunday? Because I know he's leaving today, Monday. Yeah. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, I'll make anything work. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, Sunday's great. So I come back to the city because I think I'm seeing him. And that's not the only reason I come back. Like, whatever. I had a ride Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And Sunday I wake up. I'm so hungover. (laughs) So I'm like, unless he's going to, like, proactively ask to hang out, I'm not saying anything because – I think a guy should, like, make the moves. Yes, definitely. And I don't hear from him until, like, four or five. Uh And he's like, hey, like, sorry, like, I'm working. Something came up. And I'm just kind of like, it's a Sunday. Maybe it did. You know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe something really did happen. And I just wrote, like, okay, good luck. Yeah. And then he texted me, like, at, like, nine being like, oh, like, what a stressful day. And I just didn't answer. Because oh, yeah. I'm just bitter. And he's going back to Alabama. So really, what can you do? Well, that was the whole thing. It's like, I wanted to see you while we're in New York. I'm not going to be your pen pal. Right, exactly. So, like, you missed the boat. Yeah, no. Also, he's going to listen to this. Because he told me he listens to the last podcast. Oh, so, gosh. like, whatever. I'll just say this to his face anyway. But the thing is... um, like make a plan pro like be like hey what time tomorrow works for you right like there was none of that mm-hmm. like all of a sudden it was sunday and then it's 4 p.m and i haven't heard exactly and i'm like ugh, 
Yeah. No, it's like Tripod Man, where all he does yes. is just keep t- like DMing you or texting you and then never makes a plan, even though he says he's going to. I can't. Also, guys, like it's so hard because there's so much I want to say about like boys, like stuff that happened this weekend. But I know people listen. And then also it's tough. Like part of me was thinking this weekend. I'm like, do I do like a Patreon like behind a paywall oh, yeah. where I could like really spill yes. the tea? Yeah. Because like I want to vent. And, like, I also just want to tell you guys because, like, I'm sad about something and I feel like I can't talk about it. Yeah, because then, if it, like, people might connect the dots if you talk about it right away and you don't want to put anyone on The blast. dots are too easily connected. Exactly. Okay, so even weirder, <laughs> this is how, like, wild you guys are. The Tea Tribe is insane. I love it, though, because it's really funny. So... I was talking about on my podcast after Nantucket how there was the sugar daddy and he was funding this liquor brand. Oh, yeah. Somehow this girl messaged me and she's like, oh, is he funding this brand? Sends me the brand. She's like, those are my friends. I noticed one of the friends started following me on Instagram. So I'm like, it obviously got back to him that I'm talking about. Yeah. So I literally show. can't give any details. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. And it's funny, but it's like everything gets back. Yeah. So that's why I try to be super like close yeah. lip. Yeah, that makes sense. You know it's what like I mean? The, it's, it's like every girl who you give them one name and they'll find their Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh-huh. social security number. Like they're like the FBI agent And I'm the friend. same way. Like don't get me oh, wrong. 100%. When I'm listening to a podcast and I'm invested in the host's life, I will go to the ends of the earth to find out oh, what she's mm-hmm. talking about. So I get it. But it's just funny. So sometimes I'm like, I wish I could say more, but whatever. Yeah. As long as they don't put it on blast either. Mm-hmm. They can they can find out, but yeah, don't it's be, true. Don't be it, it up in everyone's business. And make sure to join the Facebook group because sometimes I spill a little bit more tea there because it feels a little bit more like private. The links um, in my Instagram bio and everything. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about is I, you guys. So as you know, I've been going to the personal trainer two days a week. I'm physically stronger. Like I. I'm lifting like 65 pound weights like I'm really like physically stronger but I still don't feel like I look any different so my trainers like on the days that you don't come here like just incorporate some light cardio in so even if that's like walking or just like you know I'm not a runner so like for me cardio is like spin or walking so I've like really been walking a lot. And the other day I walked from 45th Street in New York down to the financial district. It's like over four hours by wow. by the by the third mile after an hour of personal training and after city biking to work that oh, day wow. by the fourth mile. Like I'm like my body's going to break in half. My knees were clicking. I'm not even kidding. I, they were, like I have like a click now in my left knee and I Googled it. It's like a runner's knee. I'm like, I didn't even run. This is pathetic. So I've been really, really, really trying to walk a lot and I want minimum like 10,000 steps a day. So I was thinking we could hold each other accountable and call it the T tribe trot. If you want to trot with me, um, I didn't do it every day this weekend like I again you know five days a week like it's it's hard to commit to seven days a week like yesterday I was pretty lazy because I was hungover but you know I think every day at least five days a week we should at least try to just like get our steps in I'm gonna, I'm gonna say oh my god yesterday you're gonna die I walked 1200 steps oh my god <laughs> the day before though I hit 10,000 the day before that 10,000 
15,000, 16. See, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, guys. Mm -hmm. So I think let's just like walk and tea tribe trot and motivate each other. And um, yeah, I think that's the last on my list that I need to catch you guys up on. So I will get into the interview now with Liz and Casey. And also don't forget while you're walking around, while you're getting your 10,000 steps in, make sure you have your Taser strike light with you because the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. The Taser strike light is rechargeable, high-powered, it has a flashlight, and it can repel an attacker through its electric stun feature. It literally combines a flashlight and a stun gun, so it's really good if you're walking home and it starts getting dark out and you're feeling like a little uncomfortable. You could just use it on its own as a flashlight, which is good. And then if someone comes near you, turn that bad boy on and they'll be they'll honestly be scared just by the noise of it because it's pretty loud. So why would you have a flashlight when you're walking without having a taser feature? Like it doesn't make sense. You might as well have two in one. It is a non-lethal self-protection device that is small and lightweight and you can carry it in your glove compartment or a purse or even like if you have those leggings with pockets. So Taser Strike Light is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code T. Save 15% off now at taser.com with the promo code T, spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code T. Restrictions apply, and you can see the site for details. Okay, guys, let's get into the interview. Okay, guys, I am here with Liz Gonzalez and Casey Smith, my coworkers. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. We're pumped. I'm I know. So our excited. First podcast as a duo about our podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like the first like 30 and up trio, I would say. Oh, that's a good Is point. That true? We just probably. need like Keegs in here. And then I feel like yeah. we've got all the 30 year olds, girls and up, right? Yeah, that's just probably true. Yeah. Yeah, because like there's like such a an age gap that's like everyone's 23 or everyone's over 30. Exactly. It's a very strange thing. There's like nobody in their mid 20s. So. I know. I know. I also thought that you were still in your 20s up until a couple of weeks ago. 30. So yeah. No, I know. Well, hey, that makes me feel good. <laughs> but you meet people and you don't know, and like I feel like Barstool particularly hires people like out of college or people like leave college. So everyone's like 19, and I'm like, <laughs> what? The- hell is going on but then it's like almost like everybody's ageless in here too like yeah. you don't realize it until like you're out in public and Rhea's like oh I'm I'm 24 and you're like what like yeah, you don't like, seem like you're 24 uh I disagree I feel old as fuck really? I do not feel ageless I feel like I am the constantly the one that I that looks I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about in any way shape or form the words you're using the people you're talking about no clue I try to stay oh. up to date on yeah, like that's trends me. and stuff, so I feel in it. But you're a TikTok queen, too. exactly. Like, like we're I'm, not TikTok people. Like I'm pretty like Gen Z in terms of in the know. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't yeah. do TikTok, but I know I keep up with the trends. Liz, you're so hip. Yeah, Liz doesn't know shit. Liz doesn't know shit. I don't know shit. So you it's guys- true. I mean, I've been an old. I was an old lady when I was a teenager. So. <laughs> Just an old soul, Just like an since, old soul. since the very beginning. So you guys recently did like a six-part podcast series together, kind of talking about like similarly to what I talk about, just like being women in the workplace, being like pitted against each other, dealing with just like the shit that we deal with as women of like men thinking one thing about us or putting judgments on us. 
And what has it been like for you guys to talk about these things? Because you do have like primarily male audiences. How's the feedback been? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. It turns out. Yeah, we found out it's a very primarily male audience. It's it's an interesting story for the two of us because if you listen to the podcast, and again, it's six episodes, but I mean, we actually fought with each other in 2018. Like we went through the exact women versus women being pitted against each other Mm -hmm. situation in real life so this podcast was like a full circle of like we're not just talking about what happens like we've been through it a very very verbal and very very dramatic and public fight it was on national radio it It wasn't even like in the office amongst like our coworkers. it was on Mm. sirius xm radio a nationally broadcast fight pretty impressive i I told dave i told Dave, our boss, to shut the fuck up in the middle of the argument. That'll tell you exactly <laughs> how thing we got. But like it, it the podcast was was something that Liz came up with, and as soon as she pitched it to me, it was like this is an amazing idea because we actually did not like each other because we were pitted against each other from an outside standpoint. And we fed into it, and mm-hmm. now we're like, what, what were we doing? Why did we do that? I mean, we wasted like. Two years. Two, uh, being and now like I feel like you guys half, yeah. are like great friends and get yeah. along really well. Because we're very similar. Like we, we enjoy like, the same exactly. things. But it's just like we we really truly fell into the male-dominated industry narrative of two girls can't like the same thing. Exactly. And, and it's funny too because we also, or at least I'll speak for myself, thought that we were – very very dissimilar people mm. like i'm like oh i'm not like casey and casey, she's a blonde sure i'm a brunette exact, right? yeah exactly <laughs> she's we a basic both white felt girl. that way and yeah yeah put it on white people <laughs> and then we got to know each other and we were like oh it's like eerie how many similarities we have that are just like naturally there the first day when you guys recorded together you showed up in the same outfit oh, accidentally God. i opened up my apartment door and saw her wearing the exact, and it wasn't like it was a normal outfit either. It really wasn't. Yeah, like it was just like, how in the world <laughs> did this happen? Like the same same color right. fleece tied around our waist. Right. Like, Who would wear strange. like a baby blue tee with yeah. a green and like yellow flannel? It was like, so weird. Tied around the waist, like it's just that was really a weird. super was... super unique outfit. That... I don't think anybody actually believes that it was an accident. I mean, Mackenzie was there. She knows. She was like. <laughs> It was actually an accident. <laughs> this is weird. But it was. It, I think it, she was embarrassed to be seen with us at that point. But. <laughs> it was embarrassing. But I, you know what? We rolled with it. We looked great, in my opinion. We, looked I thought great. we looked fantastic. I want to tap a little bit more into, like, your mental health. Like, whether it be, like, because of being in the public eye or just, like, outside of work, is that something that you guys, like, prioritize or talk to therapists or just, like, deal with on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> talked about that on the podcast, too. I mean, Big both time. of us are in therapy. I am very... You're all Raise your hands if you're in therapy. Who among us? If We're you all are in not therapy. in therapy, you should be in therapy. Yes. <laughs> like, I think normalizing just talking about therapy has been so important, especially through 2020 because, yeah. you know, everyone was, was dealing with, like, the worst thing... I I think a lot of us have dealt with and that was being alone or whether you had a bunch of people you still your mental health had to be prioritized yeah. and so I think now it's like the stigma of being able to talk about mental health I think is melting which is a good thing mm-hmm. but we're very open about it because I mean I've struggled with with clinical depression since I was in high school and I used to be scared about talking about it because I was like oh I'm am I a weird one like I don't want mm-hmm. people to know that I have to be on medication because my chemicals in my brain aren't the same as somebody else's now I'm like no like that's just real Real life like you have yeah. to be able to talk about it and be open about it and if you can't that's understandable but no you're not alone and I think that's why we liked 
to talk about it? Was it people yeah, exactly. people that maybe feel uncomfortable know that they're not alone in what they feel? Yeah. I think there's also still a huge like I think therapy is becoming very normalized. I think there's a huge stigma around medicine still mm-hmm. where because I thought this until people informed me where like you think oh you go on medicines you're going to be a zombie you're going to be a shell of who you are. I think a lot of people believe that to be true mm-hmm. about medicine and now having friends on anxiety medicine or talking more with people openly it's like no if there's an imbalance you need to level it out you're not going to be walking around like a zombie all the time the problem is is that some people do I mean just like Like just like there's there's good doctors there's bad doctors and I have also seen friends be in those states switch doctors and then their life is back Mm. you know but it's like yeah it's it's very dangerous from the point of you can take the wrong medication or be over medicated or whatever the case may be and you feel like a little part of you is you know is is gone Mm. and it's not it should not be a stigma on medicine as a whole that's just that that particular right that particular Mm. doctor could not figure out exactly how to make this work better for you how to balance what needs to be balanced and so it's a real thing but it also has nothing to do with the medication it's just you you know you get one person that doesn't like something and then it becomes this gigantic thing of like it must be this when in reality like there's good doctors there's bad dogs same thing with therapists some people you know true and there are some bad therapists. Oh, because my like I tried a therapist when I first quit my job to work for myself. I like immediately went into therapy because it was such a weird thing to navigate going from like corporate life to working for yourself. I that year was like a complete shit show. So I was like, OK, I'm going to go to therapy. I felt like I would just go in there every day and talk about my life. And she would just be like, yeah, like, okay, and listen. Now the therapist I'm with, I'll say something and she'll be like, I noticed when you said that, like, you started breathing heavier. Is there something coming up for you? And I'm like, oh, this, this is, is what great. a good therapist does. That is what a good therapist that is what, does. And it's like, like I feel like some, <laughs> I've, I've had a similar experience with a the therapist when I first moved to New York, where I would, I feel like we would sit there and almost silence sometime. Like, I would tell her yes. my, like, what was going on in my life. And she'd be like, okay. Like, you're gonna help me your out. Job? Like, so, it's like, so, but like, no, my my therapist now that I've been with for multiple years, like, she does the same thing, and I've told her like that makes me feel like I can tell her way more of the truth. Like, I've lied to therapists before because oh, I'm yeah. like, well, I don't. They're not gonna give me good advice anyways. I'm not yeah. gonna tell them the truth. It's <laughs> Why like, on earth? Yeah, like it's, you have to try it out, and that's the thing with medicine too. It's like, and, and you're right. There's such a stigma around it, but like anybody who knows me knows I am definitely not a zombie. In fact, I should probably be more of a zombie sometimes. <laughs> a little bit more mellow. Maybe yeah like a little bit more mellowed out maybe not as loud or complicit as as I am but um it took me a while to figure out what exactly I needed to be on and it took multiple doctors but now that I do and I have figured it out it's like yeah it doesn't fix everything but I'm willing to talk to people about it it's like it's it is a process that you have to go through it's not an easy fix it's not a one-step process that you're all of a sudden better but everyone should be working towards their mental health whether you have a clinical Mm -hmm. uh you know diagnosis or not like you could just be having like a shitty like season in life and you need to talk to somebody do you guys like sorry to interrupt do you because this is important to me now now that you've done so much work on yourself do you want to date someone that also does work on themselves or is open to yes yes that is a a resounding hard hard yes (laughs) yes i've been in therapy for six years I've learned a shit ton, mm-hmm. done all like the, the grunge work and, and sad and shit because you unfortunately have to, mm-hmm. to learn and I'm not going back. And so yes. to be with somebody that's like, doesn't want to deal with their problems or issues. The biggest problem with that is that they don't ever go away. Right. So especially as we're getting older, I don't want to be with somebody that is going to have a mental, you know, 
breakdown at the age of 50 because they had problems when they were, you know, a kid or in their 20s mm. that they never dealt with. Like, that needs to be dealt with because everything gets piled up on top of each other. So the older we get, the worse it gets. And also the least likely you are to make a change because yeah. change is painful. Yeah, change change can suck, but at the same time, like even just being open to it. Like I dated a guy in college who convinced me to get off of my antidepressants because he was oh, like, geez. "You don't need that." Like what? And I, I mean, obviously, it's it was like terrible, yeah, because but, I'm on them, right? And like, I'm chill. I, I got, like right, like exactly. do you want to see what I look like when I'm not on them, sir? All right, let's yeah. give it to you. That relationship obviously didn't work yeah. out. But to me, it's like, I, and I understand, like you know, not everybody needs to the degree that maybe I do. And there's obviously people that need way more yeah. help than I do. But just the idea of being open to working on yourself is yeah. so important because it's like no one has their shit completely together. Not one person on this planet is completely put together. They mm-hmm. might look like it. They right. might portray that. But there's always something to work on, whether it's physical, mental, emotional. So if you're not open to it, like, then you and I just aren't going to work out. Right. And to be yeah. clear, it's not like you have to go to therapy even. Right. But it's everybody has their ways of of meditating or of getting, you know, angst out or whatever the case reading may books, be. Yes. Reading books. Like books, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever may be. you better. Yes. Just a better human. It, it doesn't have to be like the little mold that I've created for myself. Everybody, you know, responds to things differently. But the idea of I would like to be better. I would like to reach the top of the self-fulfillment, you know, pyramid someday. The work that goes into that. 100%. I also feel like as I've gotten older, my list of what I look for in a partner has shrunken down. And they say that happens. But, like, when it actually happens to you, you're like, oh, wow, like, it's happening. What everyone's told me is going to happen. It's like I went from being like, you need to be an athlete. You need to be (laughs) 6'5". You need to, you know. And now I'm like, you need to be a good person. Um, You need to, like, be open. It's like. Things just completely kind of shift as you get older. Yes. Like, I I say this all the time. I mean, you watched, did you watch the OC? Oh, of course. Okay. So, like, (laughs) Ryan Atwood was what everybody wanted when we were younger. Like, I want Seth Cohen now. Like, I never wanted Ryan. Like, yeah, always she, a Seth girl. She, yeah, so I kind of like Seth. Yeah. I mean, I like. <laughs> but I get, I, like, I get the you know analogy. I mean? Like, I like the funny. Like, if you can make me laugh, like mm-hmm. that to me is so much more important. And if when I was in my early twenties, it was like, oh, you have to be like a, a really boy. hot bad boy, and it's you could be like the worst personality ever. But if you were hot, like now mm-hmm. it's like no, 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 no. Like I don't. I, now you're like Ryan needs a lot of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I won't turn down a hot dude yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But to me, like I, you're right. Like as I've gotten older, it's like. Oh, like I don't want to necessarily be with the hottest guy in the room. I want to be with a person who thinks like I am the hottest person in the room. One hundred percent. And I've also noticed, like in my life experience, because I always just went for like the hot guy, that like they usually aren't the full package, other than the fact that like they're hot. So you are a little bit more like we were talking about this the other day, how a hot guy could come up to you at a bar and use a corny ass pickup line and you'd be like, oh, he's so hot. <laughs> And then, like, a guy that you're not into would use the same pickup line and you'd roll your eyes and be like, sorry, I'm taken. Yeah. Well, it's the yeah. idea, too, of if, if, especially if that person is hot and they weren't ugly, like, in their preteen years or their teenage years, like, you're out. Yeah. Because then you never had to try hard for, like, exactly. it's, it's that idea. Then what have you tried hard for? You've gotten away with a lot of things because you were hot. Mm-hmm. 100%. And also, teenagers now, like, didn't have to go through the plights that we had to go through. We were... I was so fucking ugly when I was in junior God high. Almighty. Like, I see, like, 7th and 8th graders uh-huh. now. I'm like, damn. Like, they, she looks I like know. she's 20. I'm like, she didn't have to go through her awkward phase. So it's, like, guys that never had to deal with that, you can tell. Like, in their 30s, like, they just yeah. have never yes. had to be the awkward kid. You and know? they're never as attractive now, like, personality-wise, because I'm like... You get everything handed to you. Mm. You know, it's just that vibe. I'm like, eh, 
I kind of rather a guy that's like, I rather a guy that's like a seven or eight, but has an amazing like personality than like a 10 who's stale. My, I had a hairdresser one time explain to me that like the hottest guy that has no personality is like a Ferrari that doesn't have an engine. It's really <laughs> pretty to look at, but it won't take you anywhere. And exactly. I was like, damn, that's right. profound, right? Yeah. He Shit was, happens he, he was in the hair salon. <laughs> oh, he was fabulous. He, he, but he, he was, he's so right. Like, and I, he told me that I was in college and he was like, I was telling him about my ex-boyfriend who was like the hottest person on the planet. And I was like 19. So yeah. of course, like it, my life was over, but he was like, but you're never going to go anywhere with somebody that doesn't have a personality in a brain and I was like damn you're right and that <laughs> stuck with me 1000% because you know what it is too it's somebody that always had something handed to them mm-hmm. doesn't have that innate work ethic in them and at the end of the day relationships it doesn't matter if it is the greatest relationship in the world it's great because you work at it mm. it's work it is work to be with somebody day in and day out and no matter who they are exactly yeah. so I want you to want to work for it No, 100%. That's so true. I think like as I navigate dating single at 30, it's like there's obviously all this pressure. None of us have kids. Um, Does it scare you? Have you considered freezing your eggs? Is it something that you like think about? This is this was a huge episode. (laughs) Yeah, this was a huge episode. I'll I'll let you have the floor Um, on this one. I have not considered freezing my eggs. I am now 35, mm-hmm. officially. Um, I did donate my eggs to a friend of the family when I had wow. just turned 30. Good for you. So I, technically speaking, do have a biological child out there that does not mm-hmm. in any way like, belong to me in any way. But at, but going through that process. Wow, I just got the chills. How old is the kid? He looks just like her. He's a year and a half, I think. Does he know that you're? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, he will at some point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. Not, not. Well, he's uh, a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Not, but no. I mean, that's we. She, we did a whole episode of Loud and Complicit about this conversation because you know, I haven't thought about freezing my eggs, but like, I guess maybe I should be thinking about that. But I also like we talked about biological clocks. Like, I asked her if I was in her position, I would like that to me would be like, I, I have a kid out there, and she's like, No, I have no attachment because I didn't actually carry birth. the baby. Like, like, I didn't birth the baby. So I'm like. There's just so many different ways that you can react. And, like, I feel like everybody has this, like, quote, biological clock. But there's not an actual timeline on that. You know, some people mm-hmm. have it early in their 20s. They're ready to have kids right away. Like, I'm not ready to have right. kids right now. So, like, the I have The mental part of it, it, not the physical part. The mental, part. Right. yeah. The right. physical part, obviously. Yes. We, the we mental have, part I've been yes. on the clock for a long time. Yes. So, a few episodes but. back, I had a fertility specialist on. And, like, she really made me feel like I should, like, freeze my eggs. Because, basically, the younger you do it... Alyssa, let me tell you that when I went to donate my eggs, the doctor, and I understand totally like the biological reasons for it, but I was like, damn, that sucks. The doctor basically tried to, I wouldn't say convince necessarily, Mm. but did tell the the couple that I was donating my eggs to that maybe they should find somebody else because I was 30 and my count was down. And this was before doing any of the testing, but just, you know, biologically speaking, you hit a certain age and your, your numbers are, are yeah, down. Yeah, of course. So they're like, what about getting like a, a young girl in her like early 20s? It's like, Jesus Christ. I felt like they were taking me out to yeah, a you're pasture like, to like yeah. do, do out with me. Yeah. You're like, what am I, 65? Yeah. Like, 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 I get it. But also like, <laughs> you're 30 like, years old. Then they selected me. Like, like this, it's just, it was just so casual. Just like, like, like you're buying a pair of shoes. Ah, maybe those shoes aren't the best. Why don't you go see if there's another pair? <laughs> That is wild. And also, yeah. So so you just experienced that. Well, so basically, the reason why she made me feel like it's a good option is because she was like, you only get older and you only like l- like lose your 
ovarian mm-hmm. whatever reserve so she's like the younger you do it it's kind of just like insurance she's like you might not use them for your first kid but down the road if you get pregnant naturally and then you want to have a second or a third and you can't then you have frozen eggs that are 30 year old eggs and not 38 year old eggs so I was like solid point fair fair it's and then she expensive. offered to fly me out to Chicago and get the treatment so you bitches want to go yeah <laughs> we're freezing well, our eggs baby listen, she just offered you up like 12 grand on the spot you 100 percent. Do I don't I don't think they'd pay for like the treatment but they'd pay for like the initial like consultant like consultation and all oh, of that well, that's I've had friends it's very expensive in New York City it anyways is. it's about like 12 13 grand yeah it's a lot of money it, it is. and that makes sense and mean and meanwhile again dudes can just jerk off in a cup but insurance should cover <laughs> yeah, that like what the fuck weird. man why are why do insurance like why don't they cover that that should be yeah i agree with that I, it is crazy and I, yeah i think it's just such a thing like do you guys want kids like do you want to have a family oh man this i'm is, open to it which i'm open yeah. to it which i never thought i would be before oh. before last year and this is something that we both similarly went through as well i never wanted kids wow. and then i had a switch in 2020 where i'm open to it i'm not like oh my gosh i have to have a family but now i'm more open to the idea and i know you you had the yeah. same was feeling. it covid and, and i would say no uh no actually it was a relationship it was, it was, yeah. in covid that ex, i had yeah that kind of and for me it was more i guess more than open like yeah i'd like to have a child someday wow but not necessarily i guess what has not come at this point anyways is the uh, the family perspective like mm. the idea of like oh but i really want to get married like that has has never been a part of me and oh and yeah it's still no. not i'm more open wow, to the idea of having a kid than i am getting married i kind of am too <laughs> just like, <which> is <laughs> but like, see, and i like that's i know that people are like oh it's kind of backwards but like marriage to me is just like off the table right now i, I think i'm just so single that <laughs> marriage feels so far away that i'm like eh, i should have a kid like, like, I almost, like, <laughs> feel like a kid's more like my, like, oh, yeah. it'll be my baby. It is, right, it is. It's like a, um, it's true. It, I, I totally, like, I when you saying. look at that, when you're like, oh, like, the amount of time that it would take for yeah. me to, like, seriously date somebody and get engaged yeah. and get married feels like it's a lot longer away than, like, oh, I, I, or I could just have a baby. Yeah, or <laughs> pop one out in eight months, nine months. It's crazy. Like, I mean, I dated a guy for six years in my 20s. And, you know, we picked out a ring and everything. And I, I chased my career. It didn't work out. He was fantastic. But like Liz and I have said, like, you can be with an amazing person and a great relationship. And it might just not be the time to take 100%. that next step. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times when you're younger, you, you don't really understand that. You don't accept mm. that. Now I look back and I'm like so thankful, not because he wouldn't have made me happy. I probably would have been in a great marriage. But probably like, would have had a few kids by now. For sure. For sure. In yeah. Texas, that girl. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like what John Mayer said, we'd be baby number three at this point. But um, Two and a half kids, the dog, you know, yeah, a couple the, of dogs. The, yeah. Suburban, yeah. the suburban life. But like I knew that that's not what I wanted for my life. Yeah. I wanted to chase my career. And so that to me at the time meant you have to either choose your career or you have to choose a family. As I've gotten older, I've realized you don't have to choose one or the other. You can have both, but you have to work for it. You can't just you, as, you can't just assume you're going to have this perfect family life and this perfect marriage and perfect kids and a perfect career. Like that's just not the real Something world. Is going to have to give. Wait, right. I actually have one more interesting question that popped into my mind. Do you guys? Because I feel like we are all in untraditional situations with our jobs and sure. stuff. Do you feel like you'd be okay being the breadwinner? Yes. Because yes. I feel like, <laughs> good. Because yes. I feel like it's a point where, like, we all might have to be. Right. Only, though, if I were with a man that would be okay with that. And I think that it takes a very special man to be so secure in himself that he would be completely okay with it. And that. a man it's, that's still ambitious. Like, right, I don't, right. like, 
I don't care if I make more than you, but I still want you to work your ass right. off because I'm attracted to ambition. Yes. Yeah. And it, for sure. Like you're not, you don't want like somebody who's sitting on their ass at home yes, just like waiting right. for you to like bring the money. Games, but yeah. if you make more money than them, then like, and we fine, equally both okay. work our asses off. Right. Fine. That's fine. I mean, I, Liz knows this story. I mean, I got broken up with because I was told I wasn't domestic enough i wasn't domestic and easy enough like i had to in 2020 was that 2020 or 2021 2020 yeah in 2020 by somebody who's very successful who's who has i mean makes good money and he was just like well you're just like you're not domestic enough like it's this like isn't you're not my guy. too much i love lucy like what yeah. the fuck are you serious like and i i was on token with erica when i told her she was like oh fuck that guy and i was like it was just more of just like an eye-opener of some men are just not okay with women being successful oh, yeah. and and probably you know there's obviously vice versa too where there are women that want to be at home and want to and mm-hmm. want to be the domestic type but i was just like damn like you're you're ending like a really good relationship because i'm not domestic enough but also you? thank you oh yeah no thank for you sure. for the like, honesty and like for thank god showing but me like, the person you were or are now it's just yeah it's incredible to me that that's even like still a thought process so it's like yeah i'm i understand like i've chosen my career first over relationships multiple times like I've broken up with men multiple times to move but like if I'm the breadwinner I'm the breadwinner like that's it also 2020 it also sucks like this is pissing me off now that I'm thinking about it that women have to choose it's like men because they don't carry babies like this isn't an issue for them Mm -hmm. they could have the career and they could have the family and because first of all it's more socially accepted and second of all they don't have to take nine months off well, not that you take nine months off, but right. you carry a child for nine months, take a maternity leave. It's like, it's unfair that we are expected to literally do it all if we want to work. It, because I always am going to want to work. Like, that's always. just how I am. It's like, if we want to work, if we want to have kids, if we want to ha- have a husband, it's like, I'm sorry, things should be split down the middle then. Because I'm not, I'm equally as out of, like, the home as you are. I'm not sitting around right. changing the sheets all day. <laughs> like, because True. we're both working. Right. But so I then, think that's when, too, like, we just have to accept that, like, we're just, as women, we're not going to make everybody happy. Well, that's true of, of people in general, but certainly as a woman, you're never going to make everybody happy. Like, you can't. Because if you're a stay-at-home mom, then, well, you're just a stay-at-home mom. Like, people don't respect that. Yeah. If you're a working mom, well, who's taking care of your kids? You're a bad mother. If you don't have children, then What's wrong you're with you? a woman. Why yeah. don't you have children? You're basically a worthless woman. I feel like people sometimes look at me like that, like, oh, you're single. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, relax. Like, I'm okay. It's like people project their own, like, um, thought process onto you because generations like things have changed mm-hmm. like my my mom was married at 21 my <sighs> grandma was with my poppy for poppy p-o-p-p-y not like p-a-p-i <laughs> for like i had a poppy too 65 P-O-P-P-Y. years yeah i know as soon as i said i'm like i hope people don't think i'm like my pop my poppy <laughs> No, P-O-P-P-Y. <laughs> um, call him Poppy. Like, yeah, I was like, Ugh. David Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, but basically, like, they were together, what, 65 years. My parents were together 35 years. And it's like, I probably, <laughs> this sounds really sad, but, like, I probably won't be with someone that long because I'm going to get married later. Right. But, I mean, it's so, and that's, like, a thing. So, my parents in Texas in the 80s didn't get married until they were in their 30s, which was a rarity, especially Wild. Then. Big time. <laughs> Big oh, time. Yeah. I mean, like, huge. Like, they, they were in their, their early 30s when they met. And then had me and then had my sister in their late 30s. So that was, I grew up thinking that was the norm. But then mm. so, like, my my parents were 10 years older than my friend's parents. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, like, this is, like, this is the way that it's always been 
in me is like, no, you have your career first and then you have a family. So, but then I, I realized like a lot of other people don't experience that. So they look at me and and New York is different, right? Like it is like, it's different. When I go home, like, it's like, what, what's wrong with you? Poor Casey. She's so lonely. Mm. I know. I'm she's like, not with someone. She's yeah. with children. She's putting on this front. Yeah. Pretending she's, she's so happy. happy. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you right now that whatever it's like, and it's like my close girlfriends who do have families, like they're always like, please tell me about all the fun things that you mm-hmm. get to do because you don't have to tote a stroller around. And I was like, girls sit down. I'll tell you. It's like it, people can't understand that. It's like, these are our choices. Like some people do want to get married and they haven't gotten married yet. I personally could have gotten married and chose not to mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that decision and as I get older I accept more and more of like but I can also change my mind at some point yeah right and also at what point did we decide that being married is the thing to do that that's what defines you as a person and makes your life complete like mm. that's yeah. that 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 is just beyond yeah mm-hmm. it's interesting because I'm somewhere in the middle where like I'm ready to meet someone but then not because I, again, not because I'm like, oh, I want to get married tomorrow. Just like I'm ready to have a boyfriend at this point. The the thing, though, that is, like, I grew up very, like, traditional Italian. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, get married. The woman cooks. But I'm not going to be that way. Like, I'll <laughs> tell you that much. I think my parents actually do a really good job of, like, splitting the chores. Whereas, like, some of my extended family members, it's more, like, traditional. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, my dad, like, if they throw a party, like, my dad's helping my mom. He's grilling. He's, like, vacuuming. Like he's helping her with things so that was really nice to see growing up but I think I'm at the point where I'm like okay I'm ready to date but then sometimes I think about like my life and I'm like I have this public job I still have so much I want to do in my career like where does someone fit into Mm -hmm. that so I kind of have like the devil and the angel and I feel like with just timing it will work out how it's supposed to work out you know For for sure and I have to tell you that it is up to you to decide yeah what kind of person you want to be with and how that person fits in your life. I think that we also have been by society or whatever standard has been set taught to believe that it has to be in this one particular way. You Mm -hmm. get to choose exactly how you want to be with a partner. Like there is no, there should not be this definition of like, well, this is what makes a good relationship and this is what it has to be. It's just not true. Yeah, that's really true. It is true. And it's also like, you know, you you want to be with somebody who help help builds you up and the second that that's not happening like that relationship is mm-hmm. is not going to work and like when you're younger I don't think you realize that now as I've gotten older like and I I know I've told both of you this like I've essentially never been fully single like I but I've found people to fit certain molds mm-hmm. because I need those like necessities but then now is now I'm like well, wait a minute like this relationship isn't building me up so why would I continue to be in it Because the longer that I do this, it's just making me a worse person at what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, and I think something's to be said about being single for a while. I know. Because, like, I know. Because I, like, (laughs) know myself now. You know what I mean? Liz has been lecturing me, Alyssa. She's been telling me I need to do this. You do. (laughs) Because, like, you just learn, like, who you are, what you want. It's like... If I want to text a guy every single day, I can find a guy to text every single day. I'd rather not text the loser and be by myself and figure, do shit that I enjoy until the right person comes along. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need, like, placeholders. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, okay, so. (laughs) I know what you mean, but I'm really bad at actually fulfilling that. (laughs) I know the game plan. I just can't run the play. We're already halfway through. It's not gone. It's not gone swimmingly so far. Hey, there's always there's the second half. It's not over till it's over. So I want to get into my advice segment with you guys. Okay. If we go a little over two, is that fine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Okay, so people write in for my Ask Alyssa segment, and we're going to give some people some advice. Again, I love giving advice. I'm just really bad at taking it myself. We're all like, we're all like <laughs> wizards when it comes to giving advice. Yeah. And then when it comes to yourself, you're like, ooh, probably should have listened. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was an interesting. So ask Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. I love the pod. Thank you for all you do and being so open. It's appreciated. I'm traveling to New York for a week and want to change my location on Hinge to NYC to go out on some dates. By the way, I'm based in Canada. Should I write anything on my profile about visiting for the week or am I, or am I just bringing that up? If I start speaking to someone in terms of dating, I'm looking for a genuine connection and relationship. So I don't want to come across as someone that's just looking for a good time. I work remotely and have a bunch of friends in New York City. So I'm always visiting and I'm open to a long distance relationship. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you. This is a tricky one, right? It's a, it's a tricky I one. Mean, not really. Okay. Oh, give us I your opinion. Yeah. No. Why on earth would she list it? She's just here for a week. That's 100% going to make it seem like she's just she's looking trying to for hook some up. ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nobody's business if you're here for a week publicly. If you mm. meet somebody and and That's you true. hit it off, that would be the point to be like, oh hey. But, but do you think it's mama's word? Do you think it's deceitful? Okay, so one time I went on a date with this guy who, by the way, I saw yesterday on a city bike. Of course you did. <laughs> like, of in course. New York. Of course. You yeah, did. I went on a date with this guy, and he location was New York. Whatever, we go out, we really hit it off, and he's like, by the way, like I'm in grad school in Wisconsin. And he's like, but he's from New York. So he's like, I'm home for winter break. I didn't want to tell you that because I didn't think you'd go out with me. So like, did Would it- you have gone out with him if he told you he wasn't living in New York? Um, Maybe because he's from New York. Mm. Like, and school is temporary. Right. So I think that's kind of different. But if he was just like traveling through, I think I'd feel a little like duped. I, I'd, I agree with what she said. That was my first thought was like, yeah. if you put like, I'm just here for a week, you're going to attract the people who think that you just want to hook up. And like 100%. she said, she doesn't want to like look like she's just trying to have a good time. But at the same time, I do think that there is an element of like, if you go off and you really hit it off and then like halfway through the day, you're like, oh, by the way, I don't, I live in fucking Canada. <laughs> yeah. I don't even live in the United <laughs> States of I America. Mean, how often do you go on a date with somebody? You're like, oh my God, I want to like, it's, it's also, you're also contingent on the idea that you're going to meet somebody and that person's going to matter and guess what if that person does matter that's a good point too see it's not going to matter to him if you live somewhere else especially because as she says she frequents new york so much what if she puts bicoastal isn't the word obviously but what if she puts like between canada and new york so like it's open like i try um, I, I live in both basically i feel like that's not a bad vibe that's not I a bad don't vibe. think it's necessary personally you're, think, yeah, you're my, not wrong in my twitter bio for a while which had nothing to do with dating but I said like when I was living in New York but I still had my apartment in Boston with my ex-boyfriend I literally put like New York and then sometimes Boston yeah just because I and I mean that was more just like make fun of people that were always mad at me that I love Boston so much Mm -hmm. but I think that there is like a middle ground thing but like at the same time on a dating app like it really is none of their business my biggest thing is if you're looking for a really serious relationship like it's going to kind of be hard to, one, meet someone in New York that wants a serious relationship, but two, <laughs> meet someone that then is fine with you going back to Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like it's tough to begin with. Like, you're better off probably just meeting someone in Canada. Yeah, but, but whatever. Also, if you meet someone, you meet someone, and, like, yeah. you guys figure out a way to make it work. It's just, but but going into it with all of these reservations and, well, not this, not this, I think, like, that's scary. You're, like, that's unlikely that you will meet anybody under those terms. Yeah. Like Also, hot Be take. open to what the universe brings you. Yeah, and I, I... I'm okay with long distance relationships. Like obviously there's problems with it, but like yeah. having a long distance relationship also gives you time to be by yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? Is I agree. Casey wanting to to be by herself. <laughs> I like being by myself 
for a period of time, Liz. <laughs> She's like 24 hours. That's yeah, it. Like, no, no. And that's the thing. It's like, it, it make, it really does make no sense because like, I love living alone. I've lived alone for a long time. Like I want my peace and quiet, but I also always want to have some sort of dude in my life. And I know it's a problem. We'll work on it. But like her, but her saying like, she's open to a long distance relationship. That to me is an okay, like she can go on a date and be like, Hey, like, I know I don't live here, mm. but like, I'm not just here just to meet you one or two times. Like I actually Fair. do want to make this work. You know, yeah. like if you're not, cause there are some people that can't do long distance and that's totally fine. But if you are somebody like me, I've had long distance relationships that I have enjoyed. Then like that helps that scenario of being mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I I'm okay with a long distance relationship. I also just don't live here. Yeah. I just think that True. that's initially a small detail right like it becomes a very big detail when you you know become in a relationship with somebody but to meet somebody that's a small detail it would be like if i met somebody and they had let's say a similar situation but they had a kid and they didn't put on their profile Mm. father of one true like i would never expect them to like just put like and nor would i feel deceived if at the end of the date they're like oh you know or the next date by the way i have a child yeah because you say it in due time like it's like when you're comfortable also i'm laughing because as i give advice on this the guy that's flying in to take me on a date tomorrow night just landed <laughs> he just like doesn't live here and you just does like not live here again taking our own advice but like but but it is and i bet you're gonna have a great fucking great time. time a great fucking time but like yeah so, yes, that's it's very just funny. ironic i just of got course, text I mean, like hey landed like of course naturally like that's the way these things work okay next question Hello, first off, love you and the podcast. It's been such a highlight of my week. I have Ask a list of questions centered around career. I'm 29 and already on my second career change. My first was in accounting, which I majored in in college. I switched over to marketing a couple years ago because I was in an industry. Oh, sorry, because it was an industry I was interested in and thought it would be a better fit for me. Now here I am two plus years later and still not feeling satisfied in my career. It's definitely an improvement from my first career, but I still don't feel super happy. My question is, any advice for finding your passion? I feel like there are so many opportunities out there, but I don't even know where to start. Would love any advice you have on this topic. I'm going to be a the risky one in this yeah. situation because yes. I don't have any sort of... Uh, I don't know if fear is the right word, just normalcy <laughs> about that kind yeah. of stuff. Like I, I'm somebody that if you're not happy, figure out a way, like figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're 29, if you're 18, if you're 50 and you decide that what you're doing, in my opinion, if what you're doing isn't fulfilling you, life's too short. Like mm-hmm. figure that shit out. Yeah. Like, it's okay. You're not old at 29. You're not old at 50. Like there's so much, you know, left ahead of you to be unhappy to me is, is, is a waste everything like just jump yeah i agree completely like i think at this point and and i do feel like the that society is kind of moving towards this more and more too it's like you don't have to stay at a job that you hate for 30 years because that's your career like Mm -hmm. you can make a change there you know all three of us have made changes i mean i've done i've been in sports my entire career but i was at a network and i didn't like being there so i made a change like you you have to figure out what makes you happy and as far as like trying to find your passion that goes back to what we said earlier in the podcast is working on yourself to to figure out what you really like Mm -hmm. and what you really not only what you're what you like but what you're also really good at and like if you find something that you're good at and you can make money off of it that's that's the the dream and that's like right like the three of us are sitting at like dream jobs because we had to grind to get here but had we just like at 23 just been like oh i guess i'm gonna go into accounting because Mm -hmm. i know i'm gonna get a good paycheck like 
that wouldn't have made us happy. I know. It's interesting when women like us give advice to these because clearly we're all risk takers. So I feel like sometimes you're innately a risk taker or you're someone that like stays inside the lines. Mm -hmm. So we're all like, do it. Do it. it. Yeah, I mean. Quit that job, girl. Yeah, it is easy for us to say because that is, I mean, I moved to New York without knowing a single person in New York. I did not have a job. Mm -hmm. I, the apartment I rented, I did not see in person. I just rented it online and hoped for the best. I did not have a single dollar saved. Literally, I came with like 200 and I had my first and second month's rent paid for and I had like 200 and something dollars. That is it. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't have a job. Mm. And I'm like, I'll figure it out. And you so, did. And, and I did. did. Yeah. And I did. But, you know, I would say to her, maybe trust, figure out a way to trust in yourself that you will figure it out. Yeah. And I would say the one thing that really worked for me was when I was in a career that wasn't super fulfilling. So I went from working like entertainment PR with celebrities to then working in consumer PR on like Johnson Johnson brands, which like isn't super sexy. So that's when I decided to launch my blog on the side. So my biggest piece of advice is find your passion on the side while you're getting the paycheck. If you're not one of those people that's just going to like quit on a whim Mm -hmm. with no Mm -hmm. money saved. And then I started like finding my passion through that. And then finally that became my full-time job eventually. So it's like do something on the side. That's always my advice to people, whether it be writing, acting, I don't know, go work in a restaurant. Like go do something that like makes you feel more fulfilled or passionate. And then that might end up being like the road that you go down yeah like if Great you're not advice. It, right it's, it's fantastic advice because not a lot of people are risk takers like I I did mm-hmm. something similar to Liz like when I left ESPN I moved back to, or I was already living in College Station but I was basically paying to have my own radio show because I was like this is what I know I want to do and mm-hmm. it worked out but there are a lot of people that don't have that that feeling of security in that you know what I mean exactly that whether it's not having money saved or like you have to be getting a paycheck where if you do something on the side while you're still making a living and meeting, you know, your ends are meeting and you're making your bills and are paying your bills, whatever, like that's great advice because not everybody can just be like, like, I'm just going to leave. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whoops. Like, like, and I mean, like it's worked you, out for us. It's not, it's also people have done what we've done and it not worked out. So 100%, like my friend works in finance, not fulfilled. She became a spin instructor and would teach classes before work because love fitness it. brought her happiness. And, or like, if you want to work with kids, go, coach a soccer game you know what I mean like do something that like fulfills you because I think sometimes it's okay to have a job that just pays the bills if your passion is something else and still being fulfilled in some way exactly whereas for me my job is my passion so I don't need to look outside right also it's it's we have this uh this big stigma around failure and I think a lot of people don't do things because they Mm. don't want to fail and they don't want to be the person that did this crazy thing and then failed at it and have somebody else be like, told you so, you probably shouldn't have done that. I disagree completely. You should. In everything, there is a lesson. And oftentimes, like, I've learned the most from the, my failures. I've failed many times. Many, many times. I mean, it's, it's, think about, it's, it's true with careers, with relationships, with friendships. Like, the failures teach you the most, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know now the type of man that I want to date because of the failures in the men that I broke up mm-hmm. with or that broke up with me. Yeah. And so with your career, it can be the same thing. Like if you're scared to fail, then you're probably not ever going to find your passion. I, I really do believe that because if you're, if you're only worried about making ends meet, that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. That's your right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be fulfilled mm-hmm. elsewhere. 100%. Also, another tip. One thing that I love to do is I listen to a lot of like um, entrepreneur podcasts because obviously I'm very entrepreneurial. And what's so interesting is whenever like people 
interview these six wildly successful people they all were like oh yeah I failed and then I was bankrupt and then I dropped out of college and it's like every successful yeah. person yeah. failed nine million times you have to take risks exactly and now obviously there are levels of risks yeah. and you have to be comfortable with that <laughs> high risk high reward right but it's speaking. I mean it is it is something that you have to look at and also like she's 29 like that's so young yeah in 100%. the grand scheme of things I, got, I just got this job at 30 yeah I right. mean exactly like I got it at well let's see how old I have to do <laughs> do the number do your probably around was 32. I 31, 32, 31, yeah. 31, yeah, yeah. 31 so and a half. And yeah. it's, and that's where it's like, you know, I, I see people sometimes be like, oh, you know, I really wish I would have tried something when I was younger. Like now it's really, it's like, it's never too late to find your passion. And you're completely correct. Like we, our jobs are our passion. So we're very lucky. Yeah, it's different. We're, we, we work in a, in a, in an industry and in a place right. where we are passionate, but you can also find passion outside of your job mm-hmm. as well. And maybe that potentially does become how you pay your bills. And 100%. if she doesn't know what she wants to do, like this is going to sound really nerdy, but <laughs> I would I would make a list of like at your current job, what is it that you do like that mm-hmm. you would like to bring into your next job? Mm-hmm. And, if, and then this is if you have like absolutely no idea and if you don't know where your passions lie and figure out like on a daily basis, like, oh, I really enjoy... I don't know, reading this magazine for whatever reason, but look at like, not just what I like to do, but why, why do I like to do this? What does this bring me? And when you figure out what it is that you want inside, inside of yourself, (laughs) but when you a way of making everything sound very sexual, when you figure it out, (laughs) the rest will follow 100%. And also last thing, and then I'm going to move on. Um, Look at what you would want to be doing if money wasn't an object and start Mm -hmm. there too. Okay. Last question Hey, Alyssa, I have an Ask Alyssa question for you. So I've had the best friend for five years. I lived with her and her family for a while. We've traveled the world together, and she was at my sister's wedding. Last year, we started hanging out with this other girl, and she came between us and whispered false drama into our ears. My best friend and I tried to work on it, but she ended up exploding, harbored emotions on me, and essentially called me a whore amongst other things. Mm. I've had no idea she thought so low of me, and we haven't spoken in months as a result. I've never had a best friend breakup before, so I'm really struggling. It hurts just as bad as a breakup, and I don't think that's talked about enough. Best friends could break your heart, too. Do you think I should try to fix the friendship since it's been months and I'm still hurting? Or do you think it's better to just let it slash her go and move on with my life? Also, she's the girl who came between us. Oh, also, she and the girl who came between us are now best friends. That's tough. Oh, I've been here. I've had a friend break up. It's painful. Friend, yeah, friend yeah. breakups suck. Yeah, they really do. Um, oof. Um, okay. It also kind of depends on your age. Like, I know she didn't say mm. her age, but like my friend breakup was in college and then now she is my best friend again because mm-hmm. we were like we were young and dumb. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it does depend on where you are in your life, right? Yeah, and and maybe like, well, I don't know, and maybe just the kind of person you are like that. So, for me, I had a friend who I was best friends with from eighth grade all the way through, or I thought through through college, and right after we graduated, uh, maybe six months after, I was actually in Ireland with my then boyfriend and I received an email from her literally saying, I mean, like he couldn't believe because he obviously knew her for for Mm -hmm. years. He couldn't believe it. He was like, there's no way that's what that says. And the email was literally like, Hey, thanks for being friends with me for all these years. um, But I have other friends in my life right now. And so I don't really need you anymore. But if you ever need anything, like, you know, I'll be here for you. And and I like, it was a brutal, yeah. And we, like, I still don't really know exactly what happened. Uh, she That's went, insane. It, it was, he, I mean, 
Also, it's like if you don't want to be my crazy. friend, just kind of like fizzle me out. You don't need to write me a letter. It like, was but, it's such a formal, and I yeah. was very confused. How did, how did and sign off. And oh, I, I don't <laughs> I, remember. I didn't know Talk how to, to you never. Like, <laughs> I wonder if I still have that With email. Love, it was kind of <laughs> shocking. I'm going to look and see if I still have that email. Yeah. It was. I mean, I was startled, and you know, and her. So her family was basically my second family. I mean, like I like this kind of like, like they I said. cooked. You know, she didn't like to bake and stuff. I do. So her mom and I would. I mean, for years we would bake. We were went to the same church. Her dad loved sports. She did not. So I would watch all these games with him. I mean, it was I was very much a part of their family. And after this happened, like I called, you know, her mom and and home to be like, what's like, am I missing? What's going yeah. on? unreturned calls for weeks and at some point like the mom finally picked up the phone and was like this isn't like you know obviously she's chosen not to be your friend we don't like just don't call back here like (gasps) there's nothing really left for me to say oh my god that's heartbreaking i have no idea what happened but like it was to this day you don't know no idea and i reached out to her via email maybe six years after five or six years after and she was very like Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry if the email was, was harsh. Hope you're well. I mean, like very. It was odd. It was very, very odd. This is freaking so, bizarre. Yeah, this so might bizarre. be like a, a different situation than that. But I'm also not the kind of person that could like. Maybe now, well, mm. probably not now. That could forgive something like that because it was so cold. So I guess for me, it's like, what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. Are you somebody that this all of these bad things could be said to you and you could genuinely move on and get past them? Or are you somebody that's going to be looking at that person for years thinking, I know exactly what you think about me mm-hmm. and still hold on to that? Because if you are going to hold on to it, then it's a waste of both of your time. That's true. I think for me, I'm the kind of person that like I was like going during like quarantine, I felt like friendships got kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And like I had this one friend who I like kept kind of confronting and being like, what's wrong? Like what's wrong? Because I'm the kind of person that I rather have the last word and know I've tried everything in my power to make this work so at the end of the day I have no regrets I'm like I tried Mm -hmm. I reached out I did this I did that we're fine now like it wound up you know being fine I think it was just quarantine was just weird ass times for everyone but then there was this other girl who I was like I would say more like social friends with you know you have those people in Mm -hmm. the city and I don't like I take every relationship kind of like heavily. So even though we would just like go out and party, I still would be like, so tell me about your parents. Tell me about, you know, I'm just that way. So I still valued her. And then I saw her kind of being like manipulative and like she was a bully and she would isolate people. Mm. And then, you know, I saw her isolate my one friend. And then I saw her isolate my other friend. And then all of a sudden I started to notice she was doing it to me. Mm. And I was like, bitch to could play this game I will never talk to you ever again I literally ghosted her ass because I was like I've seen you push all these people out yeah and I'm like I I see it's happening to me now I started slowly not being in the group chat not being and that's the same pattern she did with everyone so that one was one of those friendship breakups where I didn't feel bitter like I didn't feel sadness because I was like no, your true colors are just showing. Yeah, and like, you got out in front of it right. because you you were watching what was happening. Exactly. So it's different. Like there's times where it's like painful and hard and then there's times where it's like, eh, this isn't going to work out anyway because we're just not right. vibing. I think that there's, there, and I, I say this about friendship breakups or, I mean, romantic relationships. Like 
what would make you feel better? Like the, for this girl, like my mm. advice is like, if it would make you feel better to reach out to yeah. her, then yeah. do that. If it's going to be something that you're doing because you out of necessity, you think you have to, then don't do it. But it's like, do whatever makes you feel better in this situation. And if you're heartbroken and reaching out to this person is what might help you yeah do that yeah and I would probably reach out just knowing myself because I rather know I laid it all on the line one last time and mm-hmm. I tried and I gave it my all yes because like you just want to know that you yes. don't have any loose ends on your end right right exactly and like and and the friend bringing the wedge in there too like that's also showing true colors like if mm-hmm. you if you can are allowed if you were in a, a best friendship with a female, like for us, and you allow somebody to put a wedge in, like yeah. that also says something about you. Right. It's like you know people getting mean? cheated on. Like nobody right. ever breaks up with somebody because they were cheated on. The cheat is just an indication there was something wrong in the relationship to mm. begin with. So like that to me. So this girl, like it seems like she's very heartbroken because she feels really betrayed. So are you, like Liz said, are you going to be able to get over that betrayal? Mm. Like it, it, you might be heartbroken, but they still are best friends. So it, it does say something about your former best friend as well. So you yeah. kind of have to look at it that that way but to me I'm always all about like don't care what she has to say if you need to reach out like if you yeah. need to reach yeah. out reach out do it yeah. for you do it for you a thousand and then, percent and I called it, her house yes so many times yep. over the course of weeks right. until I was finally like rejected like in I, the end by the yes. mom That's I was like, like, like so I was sad. like okay so okay but it's like rejection. loud and clear like I would rather almost and it sucks to be rejected for sure but having like the lingering question mm-hmm. mark of like what should I do is so much worse to me because then you know because then you know then you know I agree I 100% think I would reach out just given the way I am because I kind of like need answers I feel mm-hmm. and even if if they don't respond that's your answer exactly. exactly no response is a response yeah but just and I, I also would add you know and have your guard up still too because obviously there's some issues like she wouldn't still be best friends with the wedger if there the wasn't wedger. the wedger who sounds awful <laughs> but, fucking wedger. but the wedger but I mean just you know have your guard up because like you don't want to continue to get hurt but at the same time if it's really weighing on you then you have every right yeah. to try to get that weight off your chest and if that's reaching out that's reaching out 100% it was so nice having you guys oh on gosh, I feel like so we could fun. talk all day yeah um, okay, so where could everyone follow you guys, listen to the podcast, all of that? So Loud and Complicit, you can go anywhere you listen to your podcast. It's only six episodes, mm-hmm. easily digestible. Uh, quick binge. Quick binge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Twitter and Instagram. Liz is getting good at Instagram now, Alyssa. Woo. I don't know. If I, I just requested you better. this morning. You're private. Better. better. Yeah, I'm private too. That's, yeah. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Huh. I think you get more followers being private. I know. Casey trick. People yeah. say that, I know. Because then you and you post a lot of stories and then they send it and people mm. they, they can't mm-hmm. see it, so they have to follow it. I you. should try it. Yeah. That was actually Dave did that and like soared over a million followers. True. Now, I'm just also, so used to being an open book that I'm like, yeah. I want people to But Ooh, I should try it. I'm kind of nervous. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a big thing. And it, and it does absolutely suck when you have a million <laughs> yeah. things you have to like accept every day. But I mean I think it works. Oh. But Instagram yeah. queen over here. Love it. I don't we know if I'm a queen. I, advice. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm decent at Instagram, but I refuse to get on TikTok. So credit to you. Credit to you, Alyssa, for TikTok for queen taking over, here. over TikTok. And I'm good at none of them. So, <laughs> so no credit to me. Amazing. Well, thank this you, guys. Thank you. All right. So let's spill the tea. Um, I want to talk about Love Island. Let's talk about F-Boy Island first. I obviously haven't seen it yet but the reason why I'm excited for this show is because when I was driving to um, Massachusetts a few weeks ago I just like needed a podcast to listen to in 
the car. So I put on Nikki Glazer's podcast and I literally listened to her for like three hours. Yeah. She's um, so funny. I find her so funny. I had never listened to her podcast before and she made the announcement on the podcast that she was going to be hosting oh, F-Boy yeah, Island. she was hosting it. Yes. So Nikki Glazer's such a good addition. Yeah. And what she said, which made me more excited, was that Alon Gale who is the creator of Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. He left the Bachelor franchise. Mm-hmm. He's creating F-Boy Island. Oh, okay. And Alon is known to be like, I think in the industry, like a genius when it yes, comes to TV. Is, yeah, I've known him on The Bachelor for so long, I feel like. Exactly. So the fact that he's putting on this show and Nikki's hosting it, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be very good. Because once he left The Bachelor franchise, it's like I feel like when we kind of saw things going downhill a little bit there was like more drama and less fun and I honestly maybe I'm giving him like too much credit but I actually really think it has a lot to do with him I feel like it was a it was there was a correlation between him leaving Uh and then it's significantly going downhill like specific things that like made it worse you know what I think is so interesting and I've talked about this before on the podcast I think what separates The Bachelor from other dating shows is the fact that they still try to have this old school goody two shoes image mm-hmm. and like they still make race such like a thing instead of just making it natural yeah like these other shows like Love Island mm-hmm. or even like F-Boy Island like they just incorporate people and there's like interracial couples and it's like not a big deal like they just make it more natural right like it doesn't need to be spoken about like they like I think the bachelor's trying so hard to be like in your face whereas these other shows are just like no this is like the way of the world and like we're just going to include everyone and like make it diverse and make it cool and it's just I can't even explain it. Like, it's just more natural. Mm -hmm. The Bachelor went so long, I think, without it, that when it happened, they had to make a point of it because people were complaining about it. But that's... They, they just went too long doing that. That's a that's, good, that's their biggest issue. That's a good point. They had to be like, look what we're doing now. Exactly. Even though it's like every everyone else has been doing this for years. Like, you're so... They're so out of the time. Yeah, like, I feel like I watch Love Island and it's literally like everyone just is dating whoever they're so open Mm -hmm. it's so like they are having deep conversations like I'm really enjoying Love Island um US Mm -hmm. is that the one that you're watching or are you watching UK Uh, I'm watching like an old UK season now but I need to watch US I tried to find it on Hulu but I couldn't like figure out how to watch it. which one are you watching five like yeah five yeah with like Tommy and Molly May so good no you don't understand because I'm a Molly May stan also she's 21 like she's so much younger than me when they were saying that they were 20 I was shocked shocked and I forget too in the UK like the drinking age is 18 so it's a little different mm-hmm. but yeah I was like oh my gosh 21 on well what show. I love about Molly is that she um after the show got all of her filters d- dissolved her lip fillers her cheek oh, really? fillers she oh. got her veneers off oh wow like she completely went back to being supernatural and I think that's such a good like spokesperson for young people that yes. are watching the shows she was like I made myself look older and like right. wh- who wants to look older I want to look young exactly yeah wow that's actually really cool it's I really I I religiously watch her YouTube videos. Like, I just think she's fantastic. Yeah. When she came on, my I was texting my friend who had seen it before. And she's like, oh, my God, Molly May. But when she first come on, she's like a little kind of crazy. Yeah, to Tommy. she is a little. So I'm like, what do you mean you love Molly May? She's kind of crazy right now. She's like, no, no, no. You just wait. You'll love her. And I already like love her too, like two episodes later. Love. Absolutely love. I'm a huge Molly May stan. Um, but so US, I love Island US. It's kind of hard watching them both at the same time. Yeah, it gets confusing. Yeah. 
So there's this girl, Cache. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, she definitely has her moments where she does things that are maybe like questionable, but I just think that she's such like a good example of someone to have on TV. She has no hair. She shaved it off. Oh, wow. And she's so confident in her skin. Like she's like, she has the sickest body and she's just like so confident. And I feel like she's such a good role model to have on television. And um, I don't know. Like it's just, it's just such a good show. Like it, I think we're going to see it grow to be just as big as The Bachelor, if not bigger, over time. I think season one, everyone was like, what is this? Season two, they were like, oh, okay, I'm getting on board. Now season three, I hear more and more people watching it. Like, I think I think it's going to get a really big following. Yeah, and like back to the thing about it being natural, I feel like it's more natural because it's almost not as produced as something like The Bachelor. Because when, when they have conversations, I notice, and this is just me, like – being working in TV and production, yeah. they don't play music under every single conversation that's had. Mm. They just let the conversation happen. But when it's The Bachelor, it's like either dramatic music. If they want it to be dramatic, they'll put dramatic Ooh, music. Oh, I see what you're if saying. If they want it to be lighthearted, they'll put lighthearted. Like no matter what the conversation is, they can change the tone based on music or based on like camera angles. But I think Love Island is so natural in the fact that they kind of just sit around and talk and there's no almost like production to it and I don't think there's as much what's that thing called frankenbiter oh I don't know (laughs) it's called it's called like frankenbite or something it's when they the bachelor they say I'm like oh I hate McDonald's and then in a different sentence I'm like hey Mackenzie they'll take me saying I I hate hate Mackenzie yes oh yeah like clip it together like the bachelor's notorious for doing that Mm -hmm. and if you have like a trained like eye and ear you could actually pick up on it sometimes yeah for sure. i don't think love island is manipulating the people as much i could be completely wrong but i think we're seeing like more of their conversations like you said yeah and even in the Mackenzie interview like you asked her the questions as you said there's never producers in your face well there's no producers like the text messages there's no producers period it's fixed cameras right oh yeah yeah yeah. which is crazy yeah so again it just like makes it more natural rather than like the producers trying to well I start stuff. you know what I wonder if that has something to do with the fact because you know when there's like I've heard of people on reality tv shows when there's a camera in your face all of a sudden they turn it on for the camera like when someone a producer walks up to you or a cameraman but on Love Island where there's just cameras hidden you're kind of just yourself all day yes because you get used to them at, at yeah. a certain point yeah that makes sense um so I think that plays a lot into like the naturalness of the show I I totally agree um so I really love cachet I can't tell if I like love or hate Shannon and Josh like I think I kind of love them now um I think I like them oh there was this tea over the weekend that came out our boss getting dragged into Love Island drama there's like all these articles about how he used to date one of the castmates or something and everyone's asking me to comment on it and honestly no I have no idea what it's like that's his personal life like I literally I have no clue. There was like rumors about him also dating Ramona Singer. Yeah, like, from, it's there's so many things yeah, about like, him. Who knows? Like people can make anything up. It's like I don't really care. Like if he dated someone that's on a show, who cares? Yeah, uh, yeah, like, whatever. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So everyone's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "I think literally nothing." Yeah. Of it. <laughs> no comment. Um, yeah. Um, so you guys could stop asking about that because I, <laughs> I really have no idea. It's not. I don't know his personal life. Um, okay. 
So that was Love Island. I'm also loving Love Island UK. It's like okay this season. Like I feel like there weren't as many instant connections as previous seasons. But I think after Casa Amor, um, things have kind of like leveled up a little bit. And I'm hoping that a lot is to happen. Um, We stan Lily. Liam is so hot. So she's really strong for doing what she did. Either you know what I'm talking about or you don't. I'm trying not to spoil too much. Um, Okay. And lastly, we will talk about Outer Banks a little. Mm -hmm. All I'm going to say, and I just did a TikTok on this, is that Outer Banks is the biggest hippie I've ever, 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 ever come across in my entire life. When I was watching episode three, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is why I feel this way. Yes. Did you make it through the whole episode or no? Um, I think so. I like forget actually how far you can talk about it though. I don't know, but tell me what you saw because we won't go past that. Um, all I remember is like Sarah, Sarah, om- like almost dying. And then she comes back to life and <laughs> yeah, then it okay. like cuts to them. Like, Oh, they were in the car <laughs> and they were about to go get the gold and then they blocked off the road. Yes. Yeah. I but, think, but did she, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. You could say it. I don't, I'm going to watch it like tonight this week. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. But what do you mean? Almost dying. That's what I'm trying to dissect. Like she died and then he brought her back. Like she woke up again. Okay. Because she the got, doctor. Because she, she got shot. shot. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I was like, wait, what did she do? I was I like, d- oh. I didn't yeah, want to yeah. say that. because. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. When <laughs> when Sarah, you guys. Okay. And I'm not going to spoil past episode three. And I think that's fair because I think most people have watched at least yeah, three episodes. And, and it's already out. So it's not like you're spoiling it because like you people people can watch it but I did what you did like I watched until episode three and then like I took a break I was like yeah. this is enough for tonight yeah. like I'm definitely gonna finish it yeah. this week but and I also was by myself and I get so <laughs> I get so scared I'm like a little bitch <laughs> no but I was like this is enough for right now so basically this is the moment that I was like I can't Sarah gets shot in the gut they don't even talk about, like, is the bullet still in her or did it go through her? Because she lays on a table. A doctor, like, cuts her open. He doesn't even, like, do anything. She's not even under, like, anesthesia. No, he's being so sketchy. And then he's He has like, zero urgency. No, no. He's like, uh, what are you going to do? He, she dies on the table and then comes back to life. And then 30 minutes later... She's back on the run. Yeah. And then she gets up and he's like, she's like, Sarah, you should not be up right now. And she's like, I don't care. I need gold. to get the gold. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's like, what? Yeah. It's, yeah. No. It's like, wild. where's the bullet? Did you get it out? Is she okay? Does she have internal? He's like, yeah, she has some internal bleeding. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. That doesn't just like heal in, in 10 minutes. No way. Yeah. Like she should not be standing up right they now. They didn't even give her like a blood transfusion. No, nothing. It's yeah, that's 100% why it is because it's so but you can't like literally every single episode is a cliffhanger and it's nice because they all come out at once. So you yeah, keep, you keep watching. So it's not really it doesn't have to be I, a cliffhanger. I also felt like this ep- like these episodes so much happened in one episode. Yes. Like, I remember watching the first episode and feeling like I watched three. I was gonna say I feel like I watched the three and I wa- I feel like I already watched the whole season. Yeah, like I remember watching it and being like, wait, I'm still here. Like, I'm, like this isn't over yet. They're almost like little mini movies. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or like another reason why I would be a Hibley because 
they always, when they're doing stakeouts or watching people from behind, they always stay like 30 seconds longer than they should. <laughs> yeah. Like when he, um, when the, when they, they were meeting to exchange the gun, mm. um, that shot and killed like the police officer and the guy was blackmailing him. I, I honestly can't even remember those people's names, but yeah, yeah. And they're videotaping him kill the person. Oh. And I'm like, they they have the video of him yeah, literally leave. shooting him. Like that's it, just go right now. And then and then of course they like the guy sees him because they waited way too long. Okay, not only that, I'm sorry, but like that janky ass camera from oh 1990. God, like, <laughs> like, like I think my mom has it in her basement from when I was in like kindergarten. You think that camera is gonna withstand the rain? Right. I'm so- <laughs> it was like so wide. First of all, not even it like. It broke because they fell down the ladder, but not like, because it was drenched. Not because it was literally like a hailstorm and it was raining. Like that's not waterproof. It's from like 1980. No, no, like these are the details that make me like what. Also, okay, not for nothing. <laughs> I know I'm talking so much shit, but this show's absurd. It's so good. Like, you, like, like it's I love it, but also love like a hundred percent. It's like the definition of a Hibley. It is. 100% in its purest form. Yes. And if you guys are new here, Hibley stands for hate it but love it. It's when you hate something so much that you actually kind of love it. Okay. <laughs> Another thing. When they come back. Oh, wait. Oh, they're they're still in the Bahamas for you. All I'm going to say is you this. You can say it. I, I personally, I'll watch it so it's no All I'm going to say is this. Like, in, in general, season one, season two, why is John B always the only one in trouble when it's like his friends are like accomplices yes what's the word accomplice accomplice accomplices his friends are just as involved they're all stealing property Mm -hmm. they're all totaling property breaking stuff robbing leaving fingerprints all over yet John B's like always the only one in trouble Yeah, yeah because he I I don't know I feel like he's not connected like but like in any other situation if you are like part of a crime, even like a small role. Right. Even if you see it. Yeah. You're still part or like withhold information. A witness. Yeah. It's like they're all just always off the hook so easily. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, this is so bananas to me. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Or when she, um, uh, Kiara, she, when, when literally when he's murdering guys, she's like murderer and yells at him. Yeah. I'm like, they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't care. He needs to know. I'm like, oh my God. I'm, like, like, I'm pretty sure he knows he just killed someone. Yeah. I'm like, he's aware. You don't need to like be seen. Um, JJ was having a big moment though. This, this season too, like JJ's the main character, very hot this season. Um, the whole cast is honestly gorgeous. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack with Outer Banks. And it's so funny because everyone's like, you need to talk to chicks in the office about it. Yeah. They love it. And me and Brianna actually feel the same way. So I feel like we need to have like dueling. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And again, it's not like it's, I love the show, but there's so many things that you're just like, wait, what? That's not real. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I think I like it because it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. Everyone's attractive and it's in a beautiful, like, like it's beautifully shot in like a great place but when it comes down to it like is it a good show like not Not really really. no yeah no (laughs) but like you have to watch it because of the cliffhangers also so funny my boyfriend literally thought it was a reality show no we were like out to dinner and someone had mentioned with with our friends and someone said oh I have to watch Outer Banks blah 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 and we started talking about it and he goes 
wait, I thought it was a reality show. He's like, I thought it was about kids who like lived on the Outer Banks. Like, Honestly. Like Siesta Key, but Outer Banks. Honestly, I yeah, like, oh. I kind of love that. Yeah, I was like, that probably could be a good reality show. I'm like, how are you so, and like, he knows about things. So I'm like, how do you not know about this show? Like, That's really funny. He was like, I was like, but actually that could be a good reality well, show. this is the only other thing, and then I'll stop shitting on it because I'm sorry if you guys love it, but uh also i hate to be that person that shits on something like when people shit on the bachelor i'm like i still am gonna watch it stop shitting on right it. Exactly. so i hate to be yeah. the negative one right but like this we're just we're just pointing out things not really flaws. shitting on it yeah yeah but um good fun. the only other thing is that like it's filmed in charleston not the outer banks and like it's so obvious that it's filmed what i mean which whatever charleston's so stunning i'm actually going this weekend but it's like the houses, like it's so Charleston. Yeah, 100%. and I think that's why they kept being like, "Oh, you'll see this," but they keep like in the season being like, "We're going to Charleston," and it's oh, like, yes, because you're in Charleston, you're already there. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the Outer Banks does not look like that. No, no, it's no. very much like a lot more land and like bush. Yes, brush. Yeah, bush, bush, whatever. Yeah. All right, guys, that's the tea for today. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold up this little manifest notebook that is launching very soon. It is so cute. I'm doing two merch drops. So I know I've been talking about these notebooks forever, but I met with the merch team and we have decided that we are going to do two merch drops. So the first one is going to be like home decor and accessories. That's fun. So it's going to be notebooks, a mug, because obviously we love to drink and spill the tea. Um, a blanket, some posters, if you have a dorm room, or just some like wall out wall art for gallery walls. And then um, the other second merch drop will be closer to fall, and it's going to be like sweatsuits, beanies, hats, um, you know, just like all that fun stuff. I think I might do like a pair of high socks because you know your girl is always wearing high socks. So stuff like that. So keep an eye out. I will continue the self-care club theme, but we're going to switch things up a little bit. I have a few new quotes that I'm going to be putting on things. So I am really excited for you guys to see that. And if you're not following me on Instagram, be sure to. That's, I mean, I post on Tea with Publicity all the time. So definitely follow me there too. But I post like a lot of my announcements and stuff on my main IG. So follow me on over at Publicity. And I will see you guys next Tuesday. Tuesday.